Hello. Yes, this is my voice. My name is Tom. Have you heard of the Chinese room? Oh, stop that. We're not even doing that one. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing a game called We Were Here 2. Yes. T-O-O. <laughs> so, uh, if there's any confusion, that is the one we are discussing. And uh, we have already put out an episode on the original We Were Here. So, this is the sequel. There will be a third one. At least on the Steam page, it says there will be a third one coming out. Early next year, or early 2019. Sometime 2019, anyway. Yeah, so... Here we are. We wanted to talk about it again. It is, again, the same world, I guess. It is, again, a co-op game where we each have half the information and we have to work together to solve the puzzle. It is fun, right? Yeah, I mean, I fun. think we would definitely recommend it. I think it would be very, very difficult to play with a stranger, but it is a lot of fun to play with a friend. I don't know that there's much to say about it, except that it is roughly about $10 base price. It came out February of 2018. Yep. I don't know, is there anything that you wanted to add? I mean, without spoilers, yeah, it's kind of hard to discuss, really, because as soon as you start off, it's you're in, you, you start off in a puzzle. But yeah, it kind of, I mean, if you've played the first We Were Here, or if you haven't played the first We Were Here, go and play it, because it's totally free as well. And yeah, this is a continuation of the story. You find a weird mansion somewhere somewhere very cold. I think it's like the Arctic or the Antarctic. And the first game, you're two friends who get separated in this mansion and you've got to solve your way through it to the end. And this is kind of the same. It's almost like maybe you're part of the same exp expedition, but you've entered through a different wing of the house. I or would, maybe this is a later expedition. I'm really not sure. I would say probably we are because at the beginning, the animation shows four a people. A bunch of people. Yeah, that's right. So I think that they're trying to say that possibly we're part of that same group yeah. and that we may broke off into two and two in the first game our titles were librarian and explorer yeah. in this one it is lord and peasant yeah which darren was the lord first so he often is referring to me as peasant <laughs> over the chat that is one thing that i do want to talk about is the one downfall of this game i would say is the walkie-talkies in this game at least for us at least for us we experienced a huge lag every time and we were playing on like a server with like a 24 ping it's like there's no reason for any lag whatsoever so we're not exactly sure what was going on if it was the game if it was us but i would hold the button in for the walkie-talkie for probably 30 seconds before talking and even then sometimes he would tell me that my message got clipped yeah i caught or i caught the last word that you said or sometimes nothing i would see the one good thing is it lights up i don't think the little walkie-talkie lights up in the first game when you're speaking but so this you know when someone's trying to talk to you because it lights up because that was a huge frustration in the first one yeah because you're both talking at the same time yeah but i mean if it works for you great and that's how the game should be played and that's how we wanted to play it to be honest but in the end we opted for steam chat because it was just too much of a pain to find a fix for it why bother we're just going to do it with chat and that's where i think again playing with strangers that would be even more frustrating oh yeah because you would just give up that, oh that guy's an idiot or he doesn't know how to use the walkie or his computer is broken yeah okay i'll just find someone else yeah but yeah so steam chat discord team speak whatever choose your poison and uh use it and I think that's kind of it for the spoiler-free section. We both recommend it. I'd, have you been checking it on sales at all? Because we got it early on, so we didn't really even worry about sales, I think. Uh, sales for what, sorry? This game. We were here too. Um, I got it at like half price, I think. Okay. Um, and also, it was bundled last month, and it was uh, it was part of a humble monthly, so if someone... Oh, was it? Yeah, it was in the okay. last one, so if, uh, like in, in 2018, so... But we we had already got well, already had point. it and yeah. played it um and but yeah it's i mean it's worth 10 bucks i mean that's the thing that what we were talking about we were quite thrifty when it comes to spending on games but this is definitely one of the few games that i would say when the next one comes out i'm gonna jump on it as soon as it comes out because i want to see it because they've proved that's just two great games in a row that they've released maybe the third one's going to be terrible but i really don't think so i think they've got this this is this is their niche and they've kind of nailed it quite well okay so if you don't want anything spoiled, come back and uh, listen later. If you have already played We Were Here Too, then uh, feel free to stay and hang around. Yeah. 
Okay, listeners, welcome to the spoiler-rific section of We Were Here Too. Let's start with, well, the start. So, yeah. that's, we, what, that's what it's called. It doesn't, it doesn't have a, it is a, called, have a name sorry, for the, the first room. room. The start. Uh, there is a slight issue with creating rooms where, I don't know, I had trouble finding you in a room and you had trouble finding me in a room. We seem to work it out. I'm not exactly sure how we worked it out, but it just seemed like all of a sudden now we know how to do it. But it did take a little bit of figuring out the rooms. I think some of the labeling was a bit confusing, like find a friend versus... I don't know, it was like find a room, but there didn't seem to be a way for you to simply invite me to join the game like Like, we would with some others. And I think in We Were Here, that was how I could just click on your Steam icon and just say invite to game. I'm not sure because I think we still had to do the password and room name. I think we still had to do that. Okay. But anyway, we we figured it out. Once we figured it out, we were quite happy. You had an issue with clicking on the buttons as well. Like Your mouse seemed to be like not... Yeah, so the first time we were playing, I'm not sure what was going on, but the cursor was never over exactly where I should be pushing. It wasn't hitting the the tab where it was supposed to be on the screen. So, uh, for example, it was like... Just like a couple of centimeters off. Yeah, and so I had to kind of guess as to where it was, but that was only the first time from every time after that it Uh, was fine. Oh, fixed? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't really an issue. There was an issue of joining... Because the first two times we played, I messed up the joining the room because I was just supposed to click ready, but there is like a checkbox, which I needed to check for the password so i thought i needed to check uh, right, yeah. for saying yes i'll be the peasant or yes i'll be the lord and that was that was an issue at the beginning but it's one of those things once you figure it out but it just something about their commands the way they've set them up is a little bit awkward until you understand how it works but the game is worth it we persevere and here we are in the start now the weird thing is as the game is loading if you are playing with somebody totally new to you, stranger, whatever, it basically is working like an open channel. So you can talk to the person. Yeah. If you also have Steam chat open, you now are hearing an echo because you're hearing it from two different channels, essentially. I always saw the statue of the peasant kind of with his arms out and begging. And you always saw... The Halo one, like the the guy in the ski mask with the, the snow visor. And yeah, he's holding up his walkie-talkie. He's got the big the halo behind him and the radiating beams out, outwards. See, I would get that, but only for a second before it would take me to the other one. Yeah, I, I stayed with that the entire time like, until until it loaded. I don't know why. But you did see, I sent you... Put a, yeah, you sent me the picture. And yeah, said, yeah I, I've seen that statue before. Because so it's, it's in it's the in Lord's the room, yeah. Yeah, but it certainly wasn't my loading screen. But that was always my loading screen. I would get the Explorer with a bit of purple on him for like 30 seconds, and then it would jump over mm. to the other one. Never got that. All right. Well, now the start. Let's mm. go to the start. So... I don't know which side would you like to do it from a perspective so that you were the lord and I was the peasant or you want to do it the other way around or does it not matter to you? Ah, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I played as the peasant most recently so um, and you played as the lord most recently Mm -hmm. so you be the lord and I'll be the the measly peasant, sir. Please spare me. That sound is my hands rubbing together. (laughs) Yes. Good, good. Let's talk about it then. So the Lord walks in and I have kind of a lot to see. There are alcoves, there are symbols above them. A lot of these same symbols you'll recognize from the previous game. Yep. And doors that I can't open and some statues. And that's about it. Coffins. Mm -hmm. So you don't really see what's going on. But the peasant sees. Well, yeah, I go in the room and I have Almost like a combination lock dial thing with all the symbols that you're looking at in your room. Like, you can't actually touch anything or move anything as the Lord, but I've got these things that I can move around. It's a pretty clever puzzle, and it's got... I don't know if we found the secret for that room too quickly, because, well, in the in the Lord's room, you've got the red symbols in the sewer grate, which open the door to the light switches, which... If you've, well, obviously you've played it because you're listening now, but yeah, you need to hit all those light switches to be able to escape together. But yeah, I wonder if that you actually need to open that door. I wonder if we were doing something wrong because we tried that room for a long time just with the regular symbols above the, the coffins and we weren't getting anywhere, but it seems like you have to get that first light switch, maybe. I don't, I don't understand what you, you know mean. You know what I mean? So 
I didn't see the red, the red, when I... For, for a long time, we tried so many combinations. You were telling me things and saying, oh, well, I've got this symbol. And I was saying, well, look, I've got that on two dials, so I don't know which one it's going to go yeah. on. And so that was a bit of an issue. And Because when you were Lord, what symbols were you telling me to put in? Like, where were you, lo- where were you finding your symbols? Because there's six, five coffins in that room, and they all have symbols. No, I think there are only three coffins. No, 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 there's five. There's three on the, the bottom part of that mezzanine, and then there's two on the top. Where the door is, actually. There's two coffins up there, and they've got symbols on them. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I used the ones oh, above. Oh, so it's, just, it's the three symbols on the bottom. Ah, that's where I mistake. <laughs> we we stumbled with this one for a while. Luckily, it wasn't timed in any way. Mm. But what I think is really clever about this game is oftentimes one room will hold more than one puzzle. And so we may think we're done, but we're actually not done. And that was set up very well in this first room where we got it and then nothing happened for me. As the peasant, as the peasant, nothing happened. And that's because on the Lord's side, as I found out, there's another door that opens. So a door opens, you go in and you get a bit of lore from a book and there's a switch that seems to do nothing which of course we'll talk about later Mm. and then you come back out and yeah there are these alcoves some have coffins in them some don't it's not really clear what you're supposed to be doing at this point but because we had already played it before i knew that i need to find ones with coffins in it and i just told you what the symbols were and i think even the first time that we replayed and had swapped roles so i was the lord i think the symbols were the same i think we got lucky and you were oh i know you were telling me oh i know what symbols they are already which was fine until we tried to do a, a more kind of speed run yeah, the second change. time through and then they change completely on you yeah. <laughs> because I don't think that first set ever changes. So I think that that's where you got lulled into the sense of you knew it already, but you didn't. Uh, So yeah, so for the Lord, it's kind of two puzzles, but for the peasant, you were looking at the exact same kind of slots combination twice, just done differently with a lever to kind of reset it if you needed to. Yeah, but then... Oh no, or was the lever to open the door? It was to... No, no, I had to to pull the the lever to unlock your door. Okay. And then I had to pull it again to unlock your other door. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to get the first light switch because then it's kind of setting up like try and find more of these because you're going to see them later on and they're going to be really important. Though I would say from the peasant side, my first time through, I had no idea they were that important because I was just pulling them. They were just kind of randomly there. It was, I think, from the Lord's side, seeing how a door opens and there's nothing in it except for the book and that yeah. that leads to that being more important. As the peasant, I was wandering around wondering, what are these for? Are they doing anything? Yeah, me too. I was like, I, pu- I pulled it and then I'm looking around like, did something unlock? Did something drop? like uh, something changed nothing like mm, kind of mystery yeah so after the catacombs you head into this is where the game really started for me like visually because this next room is beautiful and amazing and they really up their game from like the last installment and this one is referred to as the ritual yeah and as the lord you walk in is a huge room with many many doors a couple doors going off to an alcove there's a gazebo in front of you there's all kinds of things to look at and as the peasant um, you walk in and yeah, it's just kind of a big circular room with an alchemist's symbol on the ground. It's, what's that thing called? It's called the alchemist's whatever. And it's got all these weird symbols and it's candles that are not lit yet all around. And then there's a single exit that's blocked. There's also a red and blue banners, red banner off to one side, blue banner off to the other side. I will admit that first time I saw those banners, that was really intimidating because I thought I was going to have to explain that entire banner to you. Right, right. I didn't realize what we were going to do with it, which was still a little tricky, but much more manageable than what I feared. Yeah, because I mean, even like, even the fact that describing stuff when you don't have a visual aid, like, it's like that game that you can play when you're... uh, Teaching a class, like, okay, there's a sun in the top left corner, there's a house in the middle, and the door is open, and there's a car. I didn't do too bad for what you described to me. You described it pretty well. So you're like, there's a row of three Mm -hmm. diamonds, there's another row of four diamonds, there's this, and there's like this crowbar thing, and then there's four little diamonds at the bottom. And when I became the... The peasant. The peasant. I was like, yeah, man, I didn't do too bad. Or Justin didn't do too bad explaining that to me. Mm. Yeah, but that was 
tricky because it was hard for us to know what was going on. There are essentially three puzzles here. Four. No, no, there's three. Yeah, the candles, the floor, the banners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then for the Lord, there becomes one more. Yeah. But that's a lot going on all in one room. So we didn't really know what we were doing first. I think you saw the book in the Lord's room and realized I knew right away that, that must be something to... important. Yeah. And that's pretty straightforward, yeah. that one. Put them in order and quite frankly the, the book tells you. I thought that you were looking at at candles and actually having to see which one was the shortest, which one was the longest. I didn't realize the book was literally telling you this one's first. This one is yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought the same. I was because when I was playing as Laura, I was telling you, are the candles like at different like lengths? Just put them in order of first to last. But then you wouldn't even need me for that puzzle then because you could just be like, all right, this one was lit first because it's the lowest down. And do, 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 do. well, that's why I thought that's what you saw, and I wasn't seeing that. I didn't realize that. The uh, book right. would just say one, two, three, four, five. So you do the candles. That's, that for us, that was pretty straightforward, pretty quick. And then the banners took us a little while to figure out exactly what was going on. And yeah. I like that one a lot. I like the banners one, yeah, because it's something completely different. It's it's odd. It really reminded me though, and I wonder if I'm just barking up the wrong tree, but in Mist Exile, which you haven't played... No, because I've only played through the first one. Uh, in Mist Exile, there's a banner room right at the end. Spoilers for Mist 3. There, not really a spoiler. There's, there's just like a bunch of banners with symbols on them. The kind of, Even the, the, the style of like the red with the gold outlines, it really reminded me of the banner room from Mist uh, Exile, which is now available on Steam for the first time. There you go. Plug for Mist 3. Great game. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the banner. So it's a great puzzle where you have to put the pieces together to make one shape. Though you very quickly were referring to them as scorpions, which I think worked well. It does kind of match most of the shapes you're going to get. And so then it started to become... I don't know, you were describing things in such detail, and I was going, well, I'm not seeing that at all, and then I realized, oh, it's a, it's like a jigsaw puzzle and the fact that I have to put the pieces together. And so once I figured that out, and then there's also an issue of, like, the lines have to connect in a certain way, so you have to do that. But once we got the first one, then the second one was quite easy. But it was a matter of, what do we do? Because as the peasant, when you first arrive in that room, you can't even touch the banners, you can't even get close yeah, to them yeah you can't do anything so that totally changes and then seeing everything light up is pretty amazing yeah. and knowing that you're on the right track so you get through that and then the third part was really simple for us draw a line on the ground yeah yeah it's basically there and then you just have to describe the symbols the toughest thing being when you describe symbols making sure that you're speaking from similar points of reference or seeing things in the same way so that often becomes an issue where Darren sees things in these kind of ambiguous shapes that I don't or vice versa. And so that can be a bit of an issue where we have to go, okay, I think I understand what you're trying to say, but now tell me what you're actually literally saying. Don't give me a figurative <laughs> representation of it. What is it really? But yeah, that's that's a pretty straightforward one. Yeah, that's a good level. It's my probably one of my favourite levels, actually. I really like the ritual chamber. And good bits of story in there as well. Like, when you, as the Lord, when you find the books, like, we're reading the books to each other. Like, it's a love story. Basically, two love letters from either side of the building that we're in. And it's a tragedy. Yeah, yeah a love letter? Well, they're separated and they, they're one of them's dead, so... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're both I, dead. Well, well, are they? I don't know. I think the Lord's side is a little crazier. But <laughs> yeah. <that's what> <laughs> no, the Lord is, yeah, he's off his rocker, for sure. It comes into the next level, doesn't it? So that you, as the peasant, walk into the stairway. And you see a book, you read the book, but I will also get to... Uh, is it this part where I get the book? Um, it yes. is this part. Yeah. Once we've accomplished this part, then a secret door opens up, which we need for one of our mystery Light switches. switches yeah. And in that, we see that it is a ritual about kind of everlasting life mm -hmm. and killing in order to maintain that life. And so that gets quite dark on the Lord's side very, very quickly yeah. from there. Stairwell. Tell us about the stairwell. Yeah, I mean, when when you were first on those stairs, mm -hmm. I was like, just, oh, yeah, I'm in a room, nothing's happening. You're like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. It's, yeah, as soon as you step in, nothing happens. It's just stairs, but then you're blocked by a fence, which, to be honest, you could easily climb around. I don't know. Yeah, it's not In real life. In real life, you could easily get around that. 
But then, yeah, it's like all of a sudden Justin steps in the room and it's like, boom, the floor starts disappearing. <laughs> and then there's a giant pit of lava beneath you. You're like, okay, well, start doing something. And yeah, so basically you've just got a, it's like an unfolded box. So you're looking at, was it seven? No, seven. Yeah, a D6 has seven sides, Darren. <laughs> um, six sides of a cube and then you've got a... Which it took a little while to figure out. I kept telling you... Because they're not I was, oriented right. Yeah. I was looking at a cross and I was telling you I was looking at a cross and it wasn't until you explained to me that you had cubes on your side that I realized what that shape really represented. Yeah. That's the thing. When you can't see what the other person is looking at, you have no idea. So for all I knew, there was a pattern that he needed to step across as was one of the puzzles in the first we were here. But no, this one is totally different and I think much, much more challenging, especially with that time. It's timed and I have a compass rose on my cube. No, no, sorry. You have the compass rose on your cube, which always points north. But as the peasant, the compass rose north is sometimes facing east or west or south. And then, so now you either tilt your head around to orient yourself in the right direction or be very spatially aware. Yeah, you have to visually represent it in your mind and then tell the person. Essentially, our our trick was to say, okay, going north, go up, and it's going to be this, this, and this. Yeah. And try to get those three. We figured if we could get three, we pretty much had it. Yeah. And that pretty much worked. If if it was if it was all they six, could have that been would be really tough. rough with us on that puzzle and they chose not to be that's a conscious decision to do that and I'm very happy about that because they could have had almost nearly identical cubes but like oh but this one's slightly some were pretty close some are some are but generally you don't have to describe the entire cube like and you can I, describe just one part of the cross I would say that it is tough enough because as the Lord I found you have. Seven? I think seven. And then, as soon as you've placed the correct one, you actually have to run out and find where the open door is and find another seven rooms. Yeah. Or, sorry, another seven cubes in another room. And then you have to do it yet again a third time. Meanwhile, as the peasant, the stairs are slowly, slowly disappearing beneath you. And there's nothing you can do except hope that the Lord gets there quick enough and finds the right cube quick enough. Yeah, exactly. One issue that we did have here was a kind of mechanic issue, which is the cube having to kind of hit it twice, click on it twice to get it to kind of throw away from you so that you could go and pick up another one. It did take a bit of time, which slowed us down a bit. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you drop that, like if you double click it by mistake, you drop it and then you have to wait for it to, you can't pick it up off the ground, you have to wait for it to respawn in the place. Which, don't get me wrong, like, oh, it's not realistic. Uh, who needs realism right now? If you were had to remember where you dropped everything, for example, the weapon room, which we'll talk about later, that would be insane. That would be I'm happy that they've got that mechanic where if you drop it, it just magically respawns in the same place that you picked it up from. Yeah. So I think it's, what is it, three sets of gates that you have to get through and then sigh a huge breath of relief as the peasant as you get onto the landing. And now it is the Lord's turn for something a little scary (laughs) because we enter what is called the promenade. Up a lot of stairs and then into a room where the wall starts closing in on you. Yep. There are four sets of armor and a crest above each one and what they're holding in their hands is different. So this is one where I, as the peasant, made a huge mistake. Go ahead and tell them. <laughs> so yeah, so when I was a lord, I, I must have died. How many times did we die in that level? Well, how many times did I die in that level? Well, how how long is the level? Uh, two minutes and... We gave up on it, put it yeah. that way. Yeah. On um, one night. I mean, we must have done that for 10, 15, I don't want to say 20, but definitely more than 10 times. Oh, I know we did it more than that because, well, there were the times where we just had to give up because the thing was once the wall passed a certain point, you couldn't see the first two anymore. That's right. That's right. And so if we let it get that far, then you were, you said, oh, we may as well just give up. Yeah. I would still run around and try to randomly throw stuff in, but it, it just never worked. Yeah. So here's me like getting crushed to death, screaming, shut down all the garbage disposal units in the what district? He did say that once. Did I yeah. say that once? Yeah. Was it? Was it? No, no, not the district. Was it? Shut down all the. Oh, on, on the detention level. That's right. 
But yeah, so then when I was the president, I walk in and as soon as the wall starts moving, I realize that there's this massive ship's wheel right in the center of the room, which starts spinning. And I'm like, oh, click. Oh, that stops the wall from coming in. And then I can rewind the wall. And then you can get to see the... Because, yeah, I mean, you've got pretty much 10 seconds to describe two sets of armor. It's, it's impossible. Fast, yeah. But... We did it. We did it. We did do it, yeah. And that is something we... Like, there you go. Have that as a challenge. Like, see if you can finish the promenade without turning the ship's wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. It's not easy. It's not easy. Especially because... And it was... The, the wall was right on my nose. Like, I was mm. seconds away from dying, but we pulled it off. I can't believe that. Now that I know that you can actually... You're not supposed to do that. Like, wow, man. We totally brute forced that and like, killed it. There's a real issue with the number of things you have to identify. The coats of arms, or the the, the banner, whatever it is, of the with family. The animals, I, I don't think that it's that difficult, but it is that difficult to do within seconds, as you were having to yeah. do. It is difficult to remember which hand things are in, but I think the most difficult thing is the fact that some of the weapons look almost identical. Yeah. And so that becomes a bit trickier. It's very easy to identify people by hair color, by what they're wearing. But when it comes to something like, well, this sword is long and it kind of has serration at one point. Oh, there are two that have serration at some point. Oh, this is a double-headed axe. Oh, yeah. Well, there are two of those, right? So you have to describe it even more in, in even more detail right so you would take something like the double-headed axe and say oh this one looks like it has a mace in the center mm. because we already identified the mace and so we were able to do that but that made it very very tricky but we did end up doing it i think my mistake in being the peasant the first time was the fact that i could go into the room ahead of time right so i could go through i could look i could tell you everything that i had in my room and i tried the ship's wheel at that point and when it didn't work i just assumed That's that just cosmetic it was cosmetic we didn't know until we saw a ship's wheel later that they actually do have a function and I think the fact that we were always under a pressure of the first 30 seconds, I needed to try and grab two to three things if I could. I didn't stop to look. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't help but notice it. But yeah, so anyway, it's it's a it's a decent room after that. It becomes quite easy. But again, this is my only... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to call it a criticism of the game. But we are fortunate in a sense that we've played role-playing games and fantasy games and are into like fantasy books and tv shows and movies and stuff so we're quite when, when i say oh it's a halberd you know what that is or if i say you know it's a, a gladiator sword you know what that is or if i say when i say it's the rambo knife or it's the you know whatever when you can actually name the weapon it's a, it's a mace like a morning star no like the mace not with the chain you know it's like can you imagine that if you had no idea what these weapons were called oh it's and even the axes is like, because we know like one of them's a one-handed axe, one of them's a two-handed axe. So it's like actually having terms to put to these kind of arbitrary weapons. I mean, the shield's not so much. You're like, oh, it looks like an X or it's a, it's a circle. Well, it's a normal shield or it looks like an arrowhead upside down, you know. Okay, that. But the actual weapons, especially the swords, man. Oh my God. There's, there's like, I don't know, maybe eight different kinds of swords. Thankfully, you only really, well, f for our playthrough, thankfully, we only needed to uh, usually place one sword or maybe two at the most. The others were like yeah, the axes or the maces. But yeah, tough room. And I'm going to throw my two cents in and say virtually maybe a game breaker if you're playing with someone that's not a friend like if you're playing with a stranger i can't see you getting past that level to be honest like what do you think i think in particular if you're playing i think one of the regions is europe imagine trying to play with somebody who's speaking in english and it's not their native language sure that would make things definitely much more complicated but i think that that's true of any of these i think with this one knowing that you can take as long as you need because of the wheel mm. i don't think is as big a deal anymore if you could make it through the other stuff and get to this point if you figure out the wheel and you figure out that you have basically all the time you need i think you're totally fine on this one i don't think this is the deal breaker one i think that one is coming up probably next actually there there are two that i would say <laughs> that would have stopped me and the next one would probably be one of those so stained glass windows no well, that, that's next yeah that's next but that's all part of the same room no the stained glass windows uh what is referred to as 
as, I believe, the council. That's pretty much just a matter of being patient enough to describe everything you need and put them in the right place. It's, at least for me, it seemed very straightforward. I have three empty spots, and you told me you had three windows. That pretty much yeah goes right there and i saw that i had what was it six or six yeah six sets of things and i quickly realized what we needed to do yeah i think with that it just gets frustrating that the other person doesn't see what you see and so they don't know the fact that if you tell me the king i just i only have two kings tell me is he facing left is he facing right Mm -hmm. or does that soldier have a long beard or a short beard and they're honestly they could both be kings i don't know we just identified yeah. one as a king because he had an obvious crown and the other one is soldier because he's in armor yeah, <laughs> yeah. but no, i like the, i like the the council level and also i don't know if you noticed this but when you were playing as the lord for the second time did you notice that the the pictures details quality is different like when i was the lord i'm describing something and you're like is it this color or is it this can you see this thing like i couldn't see it on my stained glass window but when i was playing as the peasant i could see everything in very nice detail i think it's just a matter of the way that they are quote-unquote lit Mm. in the game i feel like the ones in the lord are maybe not quite as bright and you have had an issue before with the brightness of your screen and things. So I think I still didn't really have much problem. I think the only thing that I would have noticed is the the lion's head. Sometimes I wasn't sure, depending on where I was looking at it, I had to move around sometimes to see if it was more a grayish color or if it was a gold color. But otherwise, I didn't notice that much of a difference. All right, okay. Yeah, so stained glass windows, pop them in. It's just kind of as the peasant running around. There's a lot of running. There's a lot of running around as the peasant. Yeah. And so it's like, come on, just get to it. And it's like... You don't realize, you don't realize, right, until you switch to the other side. Oh, yeah, because that room for the Lord is like, all right, it's three windows. Come on, let's go to the second one. You're like, I haven't even finished the first one. (laughs) I've got to find it. I've got to run clear to the other side of the room. exactly. Which you don't realize how big that room is until... Yeah, oh, until you have a recovering broken hand. And you're like, ow, ow, this is actually quite, (laughs) this is quite painful. Um, Well, I was going to say, until you switch roles. Yeah. So, as the peasant, that huge chessboard thing is kind of in the center and you're running around that the whole time whereas as the lord it's just a tabletop thing off to the side and it's all very tiny yeah and i think that that's part of the thing with the lord doesn't have to do a lot of running but the peasant has to do all sorts of running around i mean basically it's like this is exactly the librarian versus the explorer from the first game librarian is very much like the lord and just gets to sit on his butt and read books and tell us what to do This takes us to the battlefield. Yep. And the battlefield was, for the Lord, just walking up to a kind of table. There's a a board with certain figures on it. Click on it, and you're now looking from top down. As the peasant... Yeah, it's a life-sized kind of chessboard with uh well it's a, it's a replica of what you have in your room but it's life-size yeah um the pieces are actual people well not real people walking around but they're life-size statues Models, not yeah life-size statues this level now i like this level and i like playing as a peasant on this level but man we had problems with this level we had a lot around. of problems the first part was super easy just telling the lord where to move his pieces to attack the statues the the opposing soldiers no problem then comes the second one and in the second one we have now not one but two figures and they move in tandem if the lord moves his piece forward they both move forward but the problem is now that we found out the board is still the same but the lord starts off in a different spot yeah and so essentially you have to think of it as having two boards overlapping because one boulder becomes two you have to avoid it on both boards essentially to make it work and this is where we got really really frustrated you couldn't see as the lord what was happening you didn't realize that you were often moving your piece thinking that you were totally fine but the ghost kind of friend was falling into the lava on a regular basis and you would just start over and you would say justin what's going on i don't understand yeah it took us a long time to like realize we had to like set up coordinates and be like okay where are you and you're like you're on like five four like no 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 i'm on like two one like if i go left i'm falling into the lava it's like oh oh okay we have a big problem now (laughs) yeah so that became a real issue we had to move the pieces around in a way 
way to attack the towers. Yep. And that the first time seemed okay. Yeah, it we wasn't too bad. Yeah. But we struggled for a very long time on the attack gates. the gates. Yeah. Because uh, well, a lot of things being offset in that way where we were looking at the board, but the pieces were in different places was an issue. Constantly having to go move forward too. I can't. There's a boulder in front of me. Yeah. And also having to move them in a way so that they would actually line up with the gates. And then there was an issue of you ran out of board. Yeah. We got you to the end and I said, go forward too. And you couldn't because you were out of board. And then we realized that right. we actually had to account for your board as well. Yeah. But I mean, and, that, and not, not only that, did you notice like, so I'm not completely crazy. Do you, did you notice that the gate is kind of lit in the Lord's one. It's like got a kind of a purplish glow to yes. the gate. That's very off-putting as well. But it's not until you play as the peasant, you're like, oh, it's clearly those two gates at the side that you've got to go into. Well, that's what I but thought. But not for me. But then when you told me yours was glowing, I thought, oh, maybe it's an illusion on my side. Right. And we actually have to get them both next to each other and through the door. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. And so we did that. We got all the way yeah. through... I got you through the door, your pieces walked through, fell down, and I went, yes, oh, no, because we're still here. Yeah. In which case, then, we had to continue on. So, because we, we, we rage quit that, that level as well. Like, that was a different night. So it took us yes. about three days to do this, I'd say. Then the, yeah, the next day, I set up a kind of spreadsheet. That's right, yeah. Where... <laughs> I overlapped our pieces so that we could see yeah. where... And I was doing it on paper. I've got this in this notebook. It's like I was doing it on paper and I was like, so you've got the other piece. So you're trying to move three pieces at the same time. And my brain just couldn't compute it. And then I think the next day, I just said, I said, okay, because when I was doing it, I was like, this is wrong. That, that was the kind of epiphany that I had. I was like, we're doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong as the Lord. This is not my judgment to make. You need to go, you need to tell me where to go because you've got both the pieces. doesn't matter where I am. If I can't move, I can't move. You find another way around. And do you just tell me what to do? Don't take any, any input from me. And that's how we solved it. You know, it's just like, forget about the Lord. Just do what you've got to do to get you to the other side and we got it the, we, we got it the first time like we done the soldiers we attacked the towers and then we went through the gates it's like boom done what was so what was so hard about it nothing it's easy and that's why these puzzles are good as well is that they're very very tough to understand and to solve but but after you've solved them you're like oh yeah that's a piece of cake mm -hmm. but I was I was ready to kill someone <laughs> uh, with that night on, on that night like that was a really annoying puzzle but now it's a good puzzle I like it <laughs> <laughs> that takes us through to what is called the arena. And the arena is essentially a labyrinth where the doors, once you step on the correct spots, doors will open and you still have to find your way to the next X, which only the Lord can see. Yeah. And we struggled with this one for a long time, partly because... Well, it's hard. Yeah. But also partly because Darren didn't realize there's a way to look top down. There's a way to click. Yeah. And so you can look top down. So once I was the Lord, that was very easy because I knew about this. So that, because there was an issue of... I found that right at the end. Because like, you'd already fallen down the hole. And I'm like, click. Oh, I can see everything now. <laughs> what an idiot. Because there was an X that we couldn't see, that you couldn't see. There's a see. bunch of Xs that you can't see because they're behind walls. Yeah, if you're looking... And so we were trying way. to guess. And what we eventually came to as well is just the pattern of the maze. There is sure. one that comes up far more often than the others. So we would just wait for that one to come up and memorize that one because it was much easier than trying to every time switch directions and try to figure it out anew. And again, if, if they'd made like, I don't know, five or six or ten different mazes, oh, that would be a rough one because the timing is so tight and you gotta, when you even when you're positioned above them, you gotta, you know, on your left, but maybe on your right, so you gotta do that. And you don't really have time for, you don't have time for mistakes in that level. No, I think every Thing that involves timing in this one is fairly tight. Yeah, that was the, I mean, for me, that was by far the tightest one. Like, there's no way. If you make a wrong turn, you're pretty much done. If you, yeah, there was parts where when you made a wrong turn, it's like, yeah, just, just stand there, let it reset, because there's no, there's no way you can get around there. But a good level, and what we haven't 
talked about so far is I think in every level you see your little creepy friend the jester puppet the, the puppet jester just hanging around looking at you with those glowing beady little creepy eyes because that was how I found that thing that you could do top down because I wanted to click on him and then oh alright now you can do it but he's everywhere and he freaks me out man I don't like him <laughs> well get used to him because I think he's going to be in every game yeah. <laughs> he, he was right towards the end of the first one we saw him a lot in this one we'll probably see him a lot in the next one but yeah. Yeah, I think creepy work. Oh, I mean, I love I love the character, but I just I hate him at the same time because you're just like la, 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 okay, solving a puzzle. So oh my god, <laughs> he's right there, like right over my shoulder. I think for me, it's as well a memory. It's remembering that first game because the first game was where oh, he came out of nowhere on the stage and was slowly creeping up to you, and if he caught up to you, you died. So I think. Throughout this whole game, the first playthrough, I was worried that he would come after us in some way. And he doesn't, but I'm not putting that out of the realm of possibility for the third third installment. So this takes us to the incinerator. Uh, It takes takes the peasant directly to the incinerator, yeah. Yeah, the lord is fairly safe here, but... (laughs) As usual. But could not escape without the help of... His loyal peasants. Exactly. So, stuck in a room with only one glowing symbol and six styles, the peasant sits and waits as... And this is a point where we both turned our sound effect volume down because the sound of the lava blow you is a bit ridiculous. It's insanely loud, yeah. But yeah, it's so loud. It's, like, insanely loud compared to the, the other sound effects in the game. Because even when we were talking to each other, we are like, okay, I'm looking at a... <laughs> <laughs> and you, you just gotta stop talking until okay tick-tock 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 keep in mind this is a game where you're meant to chat so we have our headphones on yeah so it's blasting right into our ears yeah so that was a bit ridiculous but this puzzle again was another one that really frustrated us but once you have it you just have it i think we were trying various solutions here like trying to create the picture using all three dials in some way yeah, but it is just so much simpler than that. Yeah. yeah once I mean, we realized what was going on, once we really identified the dials by basic shape, right? There was the parallelogram, the trapezoid, the circles, the square, so that we had that, and then that kind of helped clue us into what was going on and what needed to happen. Yeah, and the fact that the last one on my side, oh, sorry, on your side is blank, mm-hmm. is a big clue as well. Yeah, I think when I was lured the first time, I, I messed it up because I had the wrong picture. And if you have the wrong picture, then the peasants' dials are all messed up and wrong as yeah. well. Yeah, if you get one of them. And, the, and to be fair, though, the, the pictures are mm, purposely misleading. You know, it's like, it's a triangle, but it doesn't have all its sides. And it's like, yeah. Or it's got a circle in it. Is it a big circle or a small circle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the X is through them. It's like the X goes through the circle, but not past the edges of the circle. And it's contained in the circle. There's all these kind of minute little details that make them so similar. Yeah, exactly. But uh, once you get it, it's all right. It's not my favorite puzzle of the game. For sure. Um, I thought it was interesting the way that it was set up. Mm. I do like that. And then that leads into the final. It's your end game now. It's the elevator. Yeah. So the elevator is a tricky bit of work. So there's the easy way to do it where one of you you gets to escape because the peasant (laughs) holds open the door at the top (laughs) by moving the kind of ship's wheel and holding it in place. We tried for a long time, though, to figure a way to get both of us. And that first time, we just didn't. We're like, okay, let's just get out. So you got out, I got out. But we knew that the bit above the elevator with the kind of one more magical light switch, there must be something to that. Yeah, because there's the switchboard of lights as well that had like lights that were on, lights that were off. And every time you threw one of those switches, another light lit up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I saw the one going up the elevator that you needed to hit, and you saw that there was one above the elevator yeah, shaft, kind of, right. that you need to get. Yeah. So we we had found those two, but... We were too short. Mm, yeah. And we didn't realize that there is... So for those of you that maybe have not completed the whole thing, the symbols, once you go back downstairs and you do the symbols for the incinerator room, that does partly open a door that you have to kind of click on, and that will open it 
up the whole way, and that gives you one more switch. Because yeah, there's there's one switch in the incinerator room, and then there's three switches in the elevator room. And so that's four switches, and then there's four switches to find as the peasant, and four switches to find as the lord. But And we worked out what we had to do. Like, it was quite clear that, oh, once we light all these up, maybe we can both escape. Maybe that's the, the winning conditions. Because in the first game, the ending kept saying, if only there was another way. Yeah. Right. Maybe there would be another way. And I don't know how long we tried to figure out an alternate way to get both of us to escape and eventually switching all those torches like off and oh man. Yeah. So that kind of led us to this one. And I I love the ending when you do finally kind of both escape that it is called another way. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. But how annoying is that cutscene though, right at the end? Oh man. Yeah. Because like, like, yes. So th- this, is, this is the total spoiler. This is the end. Oh, yeah. If you've not got... Get... Oh, I mean, yeah. This is, like, for the 100% achievement kind yes. of award, basically. Um, yeah, it's like you escape. Like, we did it. We did it. High fives all around. And then... My we... character kind of looks at his watch, kind of looks back at the place and goes, you know what? I like it here. <laughs> and heads back inside. But that's the thing, and this is it. This is this is why we're here. Like, what is going on? Like, because it's unclear. It's like, why would you? A, why would you want to go back inside? B, all the doors are locked anyway behind you. Like, you can't get through, and you you certainly can't get through alone. But what I think it is is the guy at the other side. He's not looking at his watch. He's looking at his walkie-talkie. I think they've got the distress call for another team that's locked in, and he's going back in to rescue the other guys. Like, I was wondering that why. if, for example. We have the Lord from this one and the Explorer, Explorer. from the first one. That would make a lot of sense because, like, one of you gets left behind. So it's like, because, you, like you said, there's four guys in this one. Like, in the in the original game, did you see four guys going in? I don't think so. I thought only so. I know there was, like, a big snow. There was a big blizzard. So maybe you couldn't see them anyway. And then it's like, okay, so but in this one, you know there's four because you see them at the beginning. So it's like, yeah, the Librarian and the Explorer probably went off to a different wing of the house. They're like, you, you take the back. We'll take the front kind of thing. And... Our guys and we were here too, both managed to escape, but then the guy's like, Shh, oh, the walkie-talkie's going off. One of them's still stuck inside, and the, the lord or the peasant or whoever it is is like, well, I'll be the hero, and he's going to head back in again. That's that's a great way to like show that you've thought ahead, and I don't know, it's just simple but good writing. If that's the way it works, especially if we get to see those characters, like, we have to walk back through... Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd love... Even if... The, the, like, oh, e- they're, we they're... don't have to do anything. We just have to walk through and go, oh yeah, that's the incinerator room, and the other that. person going, oh yeah, this was the last room in the first one. Yeah, that would be brilliant. I would I would love that so much. Yeah, because, I mean, basically, they're both portcullises, yeah? They're both, like, end in portcullises for both games. And so... Of course, at the end of the first one, you're kind of stuck in a you fall into a tunnel. Yeah, so yeah, I don't exactly. know how we'd get out of that. Maybe a ladder falls or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's a button. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. I'd say that's a decent theory on what then third game will be. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't think there's much as far as story. We know that the lord or king in this castle was kind of mad with power. Yeah. Do we think that he's the same one that killed his wife and all the people from the first one? I think so. I mean, it's the same house. It's, yeah. I mean, he's mad. He's looking to live forever. And with the help of his jester, they supposedly have succeeded. And that's why this creepy jester ghost is, like, lurking around. I'm pretty sure, yeah, like you said... That that's why he lives forever. He... he does live forever, but he's cursed as well. He's cursed to either live in the house as a puppet, like, ghost, ugly, weird creepy dude um but in the third episode obviously i'd love to see everything come full cycle and get to see the king Uh, or if if he has achieved immortality as well i'm pretty sure he must have i'd like to know though some some unanswered questions i'd like to know whose voice that is like in the elevator well it is the jester isn't it i don't think it's the jester i think it's the king but there's there's no evidence for what i've just said i just always thought that the jester can't really speak he's just he laughs and cackles and the voice is not what i would say fits that laugh you know it's like a different kind of voice but and so we know why the house has been built well because there are basically two voices right there's that voice the kind of annoyed voice of the jester as well i always attributed that as the jester because the other voice is the the loud, booming, kind of deep voice of the king, who was saying things like, in the battlefield, he was saying things like, my sons, take them out. 
I thought, again, this is... I thought that was the same guy as the the stage from We Were Here. I just oh, I just thought of that guy as the narrator voice, you know? He's like... Well, I think it is the same voice, so... He's like the Honest Trailers guy, mm. you know, basically. I don't think he's the king, but that's just my opinion. Oh, that could be, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the next one. Yeah, but here's, here's a weird thing, and this is what... I've gotten into a habit of checking the stats mm-hmm. after the game's finished. What stats are you checking? The global stats, like for the the for the achievements. Okay. Because there are only what fifteen, I think, in this one, and you get most of them just for... twenty. Twenty. Okay, you get most of them just for going through the game. Exactly, and that's that's the thing, right? So you've probably seen this. So uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. How many people do you think have hundred percent completed this game? Like, what percentage would you think has? No, see, I know this already because you told me. Because the... we're in like the top twenty-six percentile or something of of people who have made it all the way through. And that's the Turing test, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's the Turing test. Okay, we, so we are actually now mm-hmm. in the top ten percent. Like ten percent of people have hundred percent of this game. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think have just completed the game? Like, what percentage would you think have just completed? it without all the achievements just got to the end but got to the end both times no no just once just once just finished the last chapter I'd say half uh, yeah less just under half like that's, that to me seems really odd like I mean and this is a, I think this is a thing that I'm noticing with lots of other games as well and it's quite eye opening because I remember when we were playing Portal and I because I never really checked the achievements I'm not really an achiever on her and I don't really care about that but, but I started checking them recently just to see like how far have people actually got like how much have they played this game less than half like 46 percent have just got to the end i find that really weird so what that means is they buy it and then they don't play it like less than half or no no sorry like 60 60 percent have only finished chapter one right so that means that 40 percent of the buyers have never even played this game like they bought it but just not played it so that stat includes people who own it but have never played it yeah because if so you know that our libraries are huge and full of games we haven't touched yet so we also add into that that's what i mean yeah so it's like the 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 whole it's just really interesting to see the whole steam kind of pile of shame mechanics in action is like it's real you know it's like people have massive libraries with untouched games and not we're not talking trash either you know this is a great game but it's sitting in 40 percent of the 40 percent of the sales on steam it's sitting in their library untouched and that's true for a lot of games i've started checking the stats of all different games and yeah it's like tons of people buy these games but just never play them odd because it's good play it if well you've obviously played it because you're listening to this <laughs> yeah but i mean i can understand understand less than 10% of 100% of it because like you might not a lot of people just don't have time like I'm done I finished it I can say that I've done it I haven't done it completely big deal even us I mean we're quite dedicated to making this happen for the podcast and yet we still have to work around our two different schedules exactly yeah and this is not a game that you can just play at any time we have to play at the same time and we have to play at a time where you can speak and not be interrupting other people sleeping exactly yeah what I do find interesting about this is, is it is a, well, how many times did I say it is there? Is it's a cross-platform game. So it means that they've really widened the audience. So it's like, yeah, you don't have to be on PC. You don't actually, probably when you go into the lobby, you might not even be playing with people on a PC. They might be on a PlayStation or an Xbox or... Really? Just, yeah. Yeah, it's a cross-platform co-op game, which is interesting. And yeah, I like the idea of that. It's pretty cool. And that's all I had to say really about that was, uh, yeah, 10%. 10% of, of 100% of it. And I bet you 0.000001% have done the, the weapons room without turning the ship's wheel. <laughs> well, that should be an achievement. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I like the nice, simple achievements there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great game, and I can't wait for the third one. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Brad Dourif's in it. No, no, not Brad Dourif. Um, oh, who's the other guy? He, I, it's not Brad Dourif. And he's not even close to Brad Dourif. Who's the guy? He's in... He's in Blue Velvet. He's one of the guys in Blue Velvet. It's not Dennis Hopper. Dean Stockwell? No, not him. He's, he's like a really... He's got like a skeleton kind of face. Really sunken cheeks. Look, he looks crazy. Curly hair. He looks a bit like the guy from The Room. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in like 20 years. Probably, Ed all so. that. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, should we edit out this week's episode of Darren asks Justin who's that guy? <laughs> it seems to be like every episode. Uh, 